0: Hey everybody, it's Sean here. Thanks for listening to Release the Adventure today. So just a quick heads up, what you're listening to right now is with my normal great microphone. However, like a dingus that I am, while we are recording in Zencaster, Zencaster decided that it wanted to automatically switch to my normal headset that I use like on Discord for games. And so you're going to notice that on my end that the audio isn't up to its normal par. So I deeply... F- I'm sorry for that, but I hope you guys still enjoy the pod. Uh, Brad primarily does the talking today, so kind of by happenstance, kind of works out, but there's still a ton of good information. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Bye, everybody.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Brad and Sean in the evening, and this is Release the Adventure, a podcast all about going outside and experiencing the wildlife. Well... Maybe not animals, but at least experiencing going outside. Don't pet the bears. It's not a good plan. But, so, last episode, Sean delved into some of the stuff that's going on and um, kind of a recap of all the corona stuff. Um, And there's a lot of places that still have the opportunity for us to go camping or to at least go out and go hiking. So what we want to stretch into today is camping. Why, what, who, and when. And If your dad's taking you, you have a little bit of knowledge. If your parents are taking you, maybe you have a little bit. But what about if you just got on a new YouTube channel that's all about the outdoors and you're like, I want to do that. But they're running a $800 like setup, and you're like, well, that's too much of a hefty jump in for me. We're here to talk about what is the essentials, what is the, I guess, base layer to get into camping, um, and then what it is after that that gets into luxuries, comforts, things that make it easier, but you're kind of changing the way that you're camping, moving into possibly hammocks or If you have all kinds of money, go in and buy an RV.
0: Yeah, lots to unpack here today for sure. And uh, I just want to go back and agree with you. As much as black bears might look like just giant furry cats, they're not going to appreciate the cuddles that you want to give to them. And second off, I just want to say there's a lot of folks out there that – have lived in big uh, metropolitan areas for their entire lives, whether that be Denver, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, you know, whatever it may be. There's a lot of folks that have lived in those types of urban environments. And now maybe they're looking to get get out of the city and they're looking to uh, expand their reach a little bit and expand into some new adventures that they're not used to. And so uh, there's a lot of people where maybe they just went to their friends, you know, like Backyard bonfire, and that was the closest thing to a camping adventure that they have, or something similar. You know, just uh, just out in the backyard before, you know, I I did that when when I was a kid. One of my first quote unquote camping adventures was out 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 in the backyard, really really far away from home. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: for sure. And those all come with different challenges and things that are. You kind of don't expect Um, because I can remember the first time I was camping, quote unquote, um, in the backyard. And when I had to use the restroom, I just went inside. And you don't think (laughs) about things like that when um, you live in a city because you're like, oh, I'll just I'll I'll drive over to the gas station or I'll be close to somewhere with a bathroom. My campsite has to have a bathroom type of thing. And there's plenty. If you wanna pay 20 bucks a night, there's plenty of places that you get showers, bathrooms, um, electricity, but I'm not here to talk about that. I don't know if you're here to talk about that. Those are
0: the five star glamping experiences, which can be a really fun time too.
1: True, true, but what is, so Sean, when you think of going out and going camping, like if I called you today, and pretend that it wasn't Sunday and it was like a Friday. (laughs) And I was like, we're going camping right now. What would be the first five things you would grab?
0: First off, I would have to figure out my hammock setup if it was just you and I. I'd have to figure out where all my hammock gear is. Second off, I'd have to figure out where my uh, big water portable water tank things are they're like how big are those like 15 gallons i think seven on the seven, exact... seven
1: gallon jugs
0: seven okay yeah they're, they're the rhino brand ones okay i have to figure out where those are and then i had to get a cooler and then i had to get my little my little pooper scooper shovel <laughs> and after that i had to figure out where my top quilt and my bottom quilt are i mean that's part of the the hamping su- su- supplies but yeah top quilt bottom quilt rain fly and uh, mosquito cover. That's kind of kind of a mouthful there. No, you're good. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a fire hose there.
1: That was perfect. So, I just want to explain exactly what Sean hit. First, he had a shelter, which is his hammock, which then within that shelter comes with sleeping bags, sleeping pads, which is what he was talking about with that underquilt, overquilt, and that's a hammock term for basically a blanket that goes under you and over you to kind of make an insulated pod um, so the wind doesn't get you too cold. So shelter one. And then you moved into toilet paper and Water. your pooper scooper, your shovel to be able to go to the restroom, which right. is one of those things that people are like, oh, I do not what I thought of. Well, it, you should think of it. It's important. <laughs> Because it's one of those things that you go to a campground and let's say you are spending 15, 20 bucks a night, but they run out of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. You better hope you put some in the car so you're not driving now or back to the um, gas station or Walmart just for toilet paper, which in the current era, you're not getting no toilet paper (laughs) because there's no toilet paper at Walmart. For sure. So... You got those two, and then you said a cooler. So yeah,
0: water, wa- water and food. I also water and food.
1: So, and those two kind of go together, but they're also separate. Um, food. You got to have a cooler. You got to have a way to keep that food. It's usually refrigerated, cool for longer. So if you're just doing a weekend, you'll be okay. If you're going past that, you got to start thinking about if you got to go do an ice run, um, if, or if you have somebody meeting you, they can bring ice.
0: Yeah, or, or if you're doing like like a five to five day plus like backpacking trip, you're thinking about like bringing M- MREs then instead of regular meals.
1: Yeah, and then moving into rice and yeah. um, things that are freeze dried and stuff that doesn't have to be um, put in a cooler, and then water, 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 water is one of those things that I think a lot of people go yeah I'll bring a couple of water bottles um, right. <laughs> but if you're going to go camping for a weekend so let's just say three days is a generalization Um, a lot of experts say you can survive off a gallon of water a day per person so mm-hmm. okay only need what if it's me and you six gallons right. but then you also have to think hygiene so probably using a gallon a day to wash our hands, clean our dishes, um, and then we're probably using another gallon to cook with. And also to put out the
0: fire towards the end, especially mm-hmm. if you're if you're like us and you got a little bit of the of a of a pyromaniac kind of vibe <laughs> going on. Not not to burn down the forest, obviously, but you like having yourself a big bonfire when you're camping, you're gonna need a decent amount of water just to do that. And I don't know, just, just putting out the campfire, you can easily use two,
1: two gallons or so when you're just drenching it. So you got to think about that. And if it's just you and your partner, you maybe can get away with seven to 14 gallons for a weekend. Mm -hmm. But if you have a set of a group of six to 10, probably looking at needing each person to bring seven to 10, just in case. Right. And then maybe at the end, you brought too much. Pour it out, water the forest, help it grow. Yep. Simple and easy.
0: Water is one of those things where, you know, you need that right away. Your body needs that no matter what. Food, though, there's people that do intermittent fasting diets, and with the help of a doctor, they can go up to 40 days long without food on a, mm-hmm. pretty much an all-liquid, just just water and electrolyte diet. So just to put that into perspective, you know, yeah. you need water no matter what the situation is. And, and things was, can get pretty hairy pretty quick.
1: And on that getting hairy, there's one thing Sean forgot. First aid kit. Oh, yep. First aid kit and other just generalized medical supplies, Advil, that type of stuff, um, insect repellent, You have to remember it's like it's one of those things that you're like, oh, yeah, I got a couple band-aids. Well, what if you slip and cut your leg open or fall down and stab yourself in the arm with a a, uh, stick, which all have happened to people? Yeah. You have to have a way to triage that to get yourself packed up to where you can get yourself out of there.
0: Yeah, I would say that also goes along with knowing your environment. If you're in the East Coast, you probably know that poison ivy is pretty common out there. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want to have some sort of disinfectant rub for like that type of thing. Or if you know in your area, there's a lot of bears, like up in uh, northern Wyoming, there's a lot of bears. You're going to want to carry bear mace with with you, too. Granted, that's not really first aid, but you know what? (laughs) It kind of is to, to a certain extent.
1: That is true. A little bit of safety gear, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just like if you get bit by a some crazy spider in the middle of the night, you know, you didn't notice that it came into your tent when you had your flap open and it bit you in the middle of the night, you're going to want some sort of, some kind of bite ointment.
1: Something that at least ties you over till you can pack up and get yourself home
0: to for a sure. doctor.
1: If it's bad enough, that type of thing. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So let's, so... Out of those things, let's talk about shelter. There's loads of different kinds. And it's all down to what you need to do. What, How big your group's going to be, where you're going, because um, that makes a big difference too. Because um, like Sean was saying, his first call would be hammocks. Would be to sleep in his hammock, and I've done that as well. Um, but what if we decided... I don't know where we're going to go to Moab. Yeah. Well, it has some trees, right? But I know a lot of the trailheads and around where you can camp, they don't have any trees. It's dirt. It's sand. So then you got to remember, Oh, oh, now I got to pack my tent and adjust the way that I'm going to think about how I'm going to sleep, what shelter I'm going to bring. Um, If we're in the desert also maybe more water. Maybe it's going to be a little hotter, so we got to intake a little bit more than that. Um, So let's talk amount of people. If you're going to be individuals going out camping, so me and Sean, um, we could easily get away with our two hammocks. Yep. Because then we have our separate areas to sleep, change, um, have a little bit of alone time, uh, that type of thing. But let's say me and Sean decide to bring our partners. Well, two people could sleep in a hammock, but you're not going to be happy campers.
0: No. no. <laughs>
1: it would be good for about the first, first 20 minutes, right? cuddle sesh, and then both people would be absolutely destroyed because yeah. there's no way to get comfortable.
0: Yeah, and with uh, two-person hammocks, you don't even sleep like you would in a bed. One person, you know sleeps at whatever end and the other person sleeps at the reverse end so your feet are in each other's faces the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh you don't you, you're you're not shoulder to to, to shoulder you got to get in that cocoon shape for the hammock so as great as it is I think it's much better than a tent but it's definitely more of a solo
1: thing. Yep. So then there are two person, three all the way up to I've seen tents that are more like pop-up houses that have pop-up cities five or six rooms that hook onto another tent that have five or six, eight rooms. Um, So it can, you can expand in whatever direction you want to. Um, For me personally, I have a four person tent that sits at about five foot tall because I like it because then I can kind of crouch over to get changed in the morning and I don't have to change sitting down. Um, If it was a little bit taller, that would be nice because I'd love to stand up. I'm six foot tall. It'd be great to stand up straight. Um, Right. But that works perfect for two people and two dogs. Yep. But if I had to go smaller, we would be a lot less comfortable because then dogs would be on top of us instead of having their own little spot. And then bigger, then you have to think about setup time, breakdown time. What does your tent involve? Is it a two-pole? Is it an pop? which are actual tents that you just kind of fold up and then let, let them go out of their package, and they pop up, and there you go. You have a two- or three-person tent. So there's sizes. Now yeah. we have to move into seasons. So when are Can you going to go camping? jump in on the size thing oh, real quick? Send it, Sean.
0: Sorry. Yeah, I was just wanted to get in on the size thing real quick. Also... If you're in a heavily uh, rainy area, like in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of tents don't include a covered area for your gear. And so in addition to that extra size, you also got to think about having all of your gear fit in. I'm talking like your backpacks and your clothes and other things that you're worried about getting wet, such as the electronics that you're going to bring, because we know everyone's still bringing their phones out. So you got to think about that. And having that extra space, I would say... One to two extra person room. So if you're, let's say you're bringing out uh, three people, and you could just bring a three person tent, but then you're going to be all right next to each other. You're not going to really have as much room for your gear. And if you bring dogs, like Brad said, then you know you're just your dogs are going to be in a bad place. I don't know, not really in a bad place, but they're going to be pretty unhappy, or everyone's going to be uncomfortable. Someone, someone's not going to be having a, a good time, and so. If you were to have like three people, then maybe consider going up to a four or five person tent and just thinking about that extra room.
1: Great call, Sean. So with that, now that this is a perfect segue into seasons and what type of tent. And I know we just went into sizes, but now what type of tent are you looking for? If you're just going to be a summer camper or a fair weather camper, you don't need to think about really this Go for something that's a little cheaper, something that's lighter. Um, you don't have to dive into things that are three, four um, season tents because you could probably get away with running to Walmart and buying a four, to four or six person tent and being perfectly okay. Yeah, but for sure. where we live, Colorado and Wyoming, it could be August and still get down to 15 degrees. So, you got to be a little more cautious and a little more prepared for t- whether to just flip. And you'd be like, well, it's supposed to be 80 today. The and then you get up to the campsite that's in the 60s. And then before you know it, it's already 40 degrees and it's only 5 p.m. And you're like, oh, it's going to be cold. And yes, a better sleeping bag and that type of thing will be helpful. But you want to start with your basics. And a four-season tent is exactly what it's for. They have thicker insulation. They're usually thicker material. And if you're going into diving deep, deep into it um, and wanting to do some snow winter-style stuff, um, they have canvas tents that will hold a wood stove. So then you can have your own heating while you're out there.
0: That's really neat. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I've never heard of that before so that's 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 news to me
1: one day sean one day when we (laughs) sound cool though we find money outside in the backyard or something
0: yeah let's go out there and plant that old money tree because uh it probably it's probably really expensive i'm thinking close to a thousand dollars for that tent just off the top of my head
1: um if you're looking for something that's on the nicer end that's what you're talking about Price wise, is entry if if, if you're wanting to go into something that's nice that has upgraded zippers and you're looking at using it for 10 15 seasons um you're looking at more like three grand of what i remember i'll be honest it's been a while because i'm not i'm not a rich man and i also don't go camping even close to what i used to go but that when i was looking i thought about doing it when i was living up in the high country in gunnison we did a couple winter camping trips where i was oof, cold
0: oof. and you don't get cold
1: very e- easily that is true and i was not feeling it mr krabs i
0: yeah. was
1: not feeling it and immediately after there was a kid who had a three-person thick canvas tent didn't have a stove or anything But he was sleeping in like a 15-degree sleeping bag. And I was in a zero with a blanket freezing. Still freezing your butt off. And he goes, it's your tent. And I was like, well, that's not something I would think about. Because my thought is it blocks the wind and the rain. We're good. And the snow. So I should be fine. But if it doesn't insulate that heat from your body, it's just leaving immediately. So it's just whatever you can hold against your body that's right. trying to keep you warm.
0: Also, with tents and like temperature ratings, in my experience, is on on your tent. It's going to say what what it recommends, right? And a lot of times, will be they'll say like you know up to thirty two degrees Fahrenheit or whatever, and it's like that's that's really pushing it. Yes. <laughs> that's almost like. Like, add on 10, 15 more degrees, and that's what you actually would be comfortable at, if not more like 20 degrees. Because my wife and I, we have the REI two-person tent. I forget what the model is. It's a really simple model name. But it says it's good till, like, 35 degrees, just slightly before freezing. And so we were up in Yellowstone during the summertime, like in July, uh, and we were kind of near the Tetons. And it got down to it's recommended level. It got down to about 35 degrees and we were just shaking the entire (laughs) night and not in a fun way. So yeah, we were just so cold trying to cuddle up and we had, had both of our sleeping bags and then we had, we had blankets for the ground. So then the cold, the coldness of the ground couldn't seep up into us. We had our, our backsides covered with our sleeping pads too. Uh, Not the actual sleeping bags, but the, but the padding. And then we also had like three other blankets to go on top of us. We we're still cold. So
1: Definitely. That it's and it's always the worst. Cause you're like so excited to be out there and you're like, oh, this is rated to thirty five. I'm I'm good. That rating, and that also goes to sleeping bags as well, is your survival rating. Yeah. Is what I've learned. I was learned.
0: trying to find the word. That's yeah, a really good, good way to put it, is a survival root rating.
1: And no one's ever called it that, but it definitely is that because if yeah. it's because I have a negative 20 sleeping bag. Um, when I was living in my van, um, I I was code and then oh, yeah. I found a negative 20 sleeping bag, but I never lived, never slept anywhere that was below zero and I was comfortable at zero. Then there was one day that I was, I think it was down in Fort Collins And it got down to about negative 10. And in the sleeping bag, I was okay. And when I say okay, it was not a good night of sleep. I was not dying. I was just, I was just there. If it would have got any colder, I probably would have just went and paid for a hotel. Because it was getting there. And even with the heating I had in the van, that was only able to run because it was propane. For half an hour to 45 minutes before I needed to make sure there's some fresh air intake. And by that Mm -hmm. point, the warmth is gone. Right. And I'm freezing again. So always look at those ratings. And like Sean said, 10, 15, and even I would say 20 degrees above that rating, that's when you're going to be in a comfortable place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the misconception is when people see those ratings like, oh, wow, this is good down to to 10 degrees. Oh, this is going to be great. It's like, yeah, you're actually going to be good down to 32 degrees and you'll be comfortable in that ish if if you want to call it that or something, maybe more like 40 degrees. It depends on how high quality the sleeping bag is and what type of material they're stuffing it with. But yeah, definitely. I I think that what Brad said, think of it as whatever lowest uh, temperature they're, claiming think of that as a survival rating just yeah you'll be able to get through the night
1: and you'll get a little bit of sleep but you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> and people also forget you have to leave the tent yeah. and you want to be able to leave the tent in a good mood warm comfortable able to change because um, when you're in tent you're gonna have to still change your underwear yeah and you gotta get naked for that and it's gonna be cold
0: yeah, for me, being comfortable during my sleep is kind of a make or break for a successful camping trip. for For me, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm a little bit of a prima donna, but I need my beauty sleep. <laughs> just just a couple hours of restless sleep, me shivering the entire night. Nope, that's not going to be good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that
1: makes for a crabby,
0: cranky Sean in the morning.
1: And then that kind of puts a damper on your entire trip. For sure. It's not – like there was a night um, – actually, your uh, your bachelor party when yeah. we went camping. Um, my uh, I was in my hammock, and my tarp had somehow yeah. blown in the wind and got funkily adjusted. And it started to rain. And yeah. I woke up to being wet. Yeah. And that was probably my bad for – poorly putting up my tarp um but that my next day i was not happy (laughs) i was so out of it yeah you were pretty out of it and it was just because something simple like that um so take your thought process when it comes to these things and go okay what do i want to do what do i want to where do i want to push my levels Um, okay so if we're talking let's talk just tense in general I'm going to do a quick search real quick and old walmart.com once again we're not sponsored but Walmart if you ever want to I wouldn't be <laughs> mad at you.
0: <laughs> I, I'm more on the REI kind of kind of. well if REI wants to jump up on this train level. we love
1: you because that's where I'm going next on this train.
0: REI we've both spent way too much money at your store. Oh, that is definitely
1: Just true. Hook a couple uh, of brothers up. So a simple Coleman tent or an Ozark tent from Walmart, three or four person, Um, the cheapest one they have is $25 for a three person tent.
0: Ooh, that's, that's like the, like mongoose equivalent of, of
1: tents. (laughs) And it'll work for you. And I know there's going to be some snob out there that's like, if you don't buy blah, 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 it's going to ruin your life. I have slept in a Coleman tent, and you've slept in this Coleman tent. Yeah. I've had the same tent for eight years that I bought for $45 from Walmart. Yeah. When it's above 50 degrees, I'm dandy. Right. Below for that, sure. I'm crying. But
0: <laughs> UV and I have a four-person Kelly tent, and Kelly is like a step above, a small step above Coleman and uh, Ozark. Mm -hmm. and yeah, we've slept in that multiple times, and it's pretty good. I don't have a problem with it, but it is a fair weather tent, and so knowing your surroundings, knowing your weather is important.
1: Absolutely, that's definitely true. There can be days where it's okay, but I'd rather stay in something that's a little bit nicer.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's one of those things where if you had a spontaneous camping trip that you weren't prepared for, yeah, the the Gary Coleman, it, it'll it'll get you through. You'll be okay, but yeah, uh, it's it's not gonna be the five out of five, you know, experience that you might be hoping for. It might be more of a three out of five experience for your camping trip, where it's like, yeah, I had good good company. We we uh, had a few had a few beers. That was fun, and we had a good campfire, and that was fun. But
1: uh, <laughs> as soon as I went to bed. Had a bad time. (laughs) Exactly. And no one wants that. No one wants to have that feeling or ever to get to that point when you're trying to have a good time. Because we're all here to have a good time in life, right? I guess that's what we're all about here is we're not here to be like, well, you got to spend a grand on a tent to have fun. Right. If you're wanting to go out and do it in negative 20 weather yes you yeah. will be spending quite a bit of money so i'm on rei right now rei sponsor us please um <laughs> so the rei brand tent which is better than coleman in my opinion everybody has their own so. standards um 99 for a two person um, yeah, they,
0: something to also look into for our REI is when we got our two-person tent, we went to one of their garage day things yes. where it's lightly used return goods, and so we got ours for like sixty, I want to say. Uh, so pretty yeah. pretty good deal, and a lot better to deal than you usually get from REI.
1: I mean, they have four-person tents on here for hundred and thirty, um, one hundred and fifty, and yes, you're gonna spend a little bit more going to. REI, but you're also paying for a better brand Um, because the hundred dollars four-person is a North Face and North Face is a higher-end company that sponsors people that do hikes for the Alps and the Himalayas. There's
0: there's quite a few people on Instagram that I've seen that have been sponsored by North Face that have climbed Mount Everest before and they've climbed for their their clothing and their gear has been all north face stuff
1: yeah so and i just decided for fun i'm gonna look into four season 10 so we're looking this is your more of a backpacking style or car car camping Um, none of these look like they're canvas um, but they're more they're thicker plastic
0: they're Um, like the like nylon material
1: yes Um, but they're going to be more they're going to be able to go down to those um, lower temperatures and at the average price is about 800 bucks oh wow but if you're wanting to move there's a three person for 400 okay and that's black diamond oh they're crazy yeah,
0: if anybody's
1: good. into skiing black diamond is the one of the higher brands for sure and they're incredible so just seeing that makes me go whoa What is Mm, this? Black Diamond. Hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing myself in this. You know, if it wasn't getting warm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's snowing here, so who really knows if it's getting warm or if summer exists in Wyoming?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we just got snow down here in Fort Collins, too. So see, it doesn't exist.
1: Ever. Hopefully, eventually. (laughs) So think about it like that. And so we're going to I think we've beaten the tent game pretty good.
0: Yeah, we talked we talked quite a bit about tents.
1: I think we're going to move on to we've hit tents, water, food. Just quick on food. You can spend thousands of dollars on freeze-dried food from REI, from Walmart that are all these different outdoor outdoor freeze-dried food. That are super simple because you boil water and you put it in there and then you have food. But that's not a necessity. Yeah. At all. And there's plenty of people who do backpacking. So being hundreds of miles from the car where they don't use any of those. They just carry rice, well, a carb and a protein. Rice and and, beans, baby. (laughs) Rice and beans and that gets them through their trip. So you have to think about it like that. Is you can spend as much money as you want on this hobby, but you can do it for cheap, where you can do your initial investment for a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, and then only spend twenty to thirty bucks to go each trip.
0: Yeah. And also, I feel like most people, I'm sure there are a lot of hardcore enthusiasts out there for backpacking and camping, but. The vast majority of campers are just very casual, recreational campers. And to be honest with you, I would put myself somewhere in that category, maybe like a step above that. And so a lot of times just going to Yield Walmart and getting getting a pack of ballpark franks and some graham crackers and s'mores and just some like sandwich, sandwich meat and some bread, a lot of times that's going to be good enough. For and sure. You're looking at between all of that, just the francs, bread, sandwich meat, what, maybe fifteen dollars, twenty dollars tops, if you're if you're really splurging there, and depending on how many people
1: you have. Exactly. Exactly. And if you get everybody to buy their own food, then you guys have a smorgasbord. Heck yeah. And then you're good to eat whatever.
0: Then you're looking at those imitation crab sticks. Oh
1: yeah. Oh, man. Game changer. If you guys That's ever just want to be a little fancy, go in there, get some imitation crab meat, get a little steak, and then do surf and turf while you're surf camping. And, turf,
0: yeah. and it's so Very good. fancy. So good.
1: So we moved water. We got food. We got shelter. Hygiene and first aids. You can buy $250 first aid kits. You can also think about what is the necessities. Some kind of band-aids, some kind of wrap, like an ace wrap, mm-hmm. sunscreen, antibacterial.
0: Yep, I was going to say some kind of antibacterial ointment.
1: Neosporin, something like that. Yep. Just the basics.
0: And probably some some, I, some ibuprofen too, because if, yes. if you do hurt yourself, you're going to probably want to... Have ibuprofen to ease that pain in the first place. Yeah, or Advil, Tylenol, whatever, whatever you like,
1: for sure. And you don't need to go all out on this because you're going to be by your car most likely, or a mile or two from your car if you're going to do a little bit of a hike to get to a camping spot. Right. But most most of us, and I am one of those, and I will fully admit that I love bringing my 65 liter Yeti cooler. And I'm not hiking that thing two miles. I'm hiking it 15 feet, if not out of the car next to the car. Right. Because I ain't looking to walk that thing any farther than I have to. So that also goes into my first aid kit. There are some extra things that I throw in mind um, that are kind of just things that you have in your house. Extra Advil. Tweezers. I'm just trying to think of the random things that I throw in mine that are just extras. Towels. Something
0: to con- yeah, towels work. Uh, something to also consider. If you're going to be getting to the campsite and you set your camp up and then you probably next to some hiking trails or whatever, maybe consider having... A bigger sized first aid kit in your car and then a smaller size backpacking size in your backpack. Absolutely. Um, And also with that to consider like maybe in your car size one would maybe be some hydrogen peroxide.
1: Yes. Yeah. That is a great call. Not something that's in mine. That's going to have to be something I buy next time I stop by the local grocer.
0: Yeah. Hydrogen peroxide is like the king of cleaning out wounds. So.
1: Yes. And that can also get you, if you hurt yourself bad enough, get you to the point where you can get to the doctor. Right. So, and that's something else you have to think about is it's not just always when it comes to first aid, you fixing it so that you can stay on your trip. That's always the goal. But if you hurt yourself enough and you need to wrap that thing up and have somebody quick break down the tent, throw them in the car and get out of there, then you got to do what you got to do. But right. whatever you can do to survive and take care of yourself, where you don't have to call 911 and have a $15,000 helicopter ride.
0: Oh my god, I can't imagine that. how expensive uh, that would be. If be I ever get those, hurt,
1: you're going to pick me up and walk me.
0: I, that's, that's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> like, if I get hurt that bad, I'm just... I'm going to hike it out, man. I'm going to, I don't know. I'm either going to collapse or I'm going to hike it out. I'm not, I'm not doing the helicopter ride.
1: Nope. I'm not either. Um, If there is an emergency where either of us are super hurt, yes, we will call. Sure, we sure, will sure. take care of each other. If it's actually
0: life, life and death.
1: For real though, if you're just like popped out a hip, I'll put you on my shoulder and walk both bikes down.
0: Right. That's, that's I what I'm saying. don't care. Or like a, like a, like a like a di- dislocated shoulder or I don't know. Mm-hmm. It,
1: a broken even, uh, fibula.
0: Yeah, if it as long as it's not the broken femur cuz a broken femur you can actually die from that pretty quickly. Yep. But mm-hmm. if it's like a tibula fibula type of deal, then yeah, we're we're just we're going to figure it out and uh <laughs> we're going to we're going to hike it out.
1: We'll walk each other's bikes and you just hobble your happy ass down the trail cuz yeah, this is I what can, we're doing today. Them.
0: I could make some crutches with some sticks. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'll be an experience. That's for sure.
0: Okay. Knock so on wood.
1: Hope that doesn't happen. Oh, ever. Flat out. That's how I feel too. So we got those four. Did we have a fifth? Ah. Anyways, toilet paper. I'm going to say it oh, again yeah. for the boys in the back. I'm not telling you to bring a hundred rolls. Just one roll. Or some wipes. That's what I'm going to say.
0: I'm going (laughs) to say for the ladies in the back, you're going to want to bring some biodegradable wipes.
1: Yep. Um, And also with that, ladies, don't forget your time of the month supplies. Yeah. Those are important too because you never know. And you never know if somebody else needs it. And I'm not, and these, all these things that we talk about aren't just for us. They're for our team, our neighbors, that random guy that just slipped and broke his ankle. We're just trying to help out everybody. (laughs) Ah, Jerry. We're just all trying to have (laughs) a good time outside. (laughs) Uh, That's an inside joke, everybody, that I don't know where it came from, why it came from. I don't think I've ever known a Jerry. I've known known maybe one or two. Yeah, only from
0: different jobs that I've had. Never like on a personal friendship level. Okay,
1: I think we need to meet a Jerry. So if there's yeah. a Jerry out there and you want to call a Jerry us out there. <laughs> and hang out, prove us wrong. Because <laughs> I don't know why sure. there's been a thought If it's always Jerry's fault. It's
0: always Jerry's fault, man.
1: Yeah. But okay, so now we're going to move into some essentials that come with camping. Sleeping bags. One of those things you have to have. If you're going to car camp and you're just going to bring a cot and not sleep on the floor, sure, bring yourself some blankets. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. But if you're looking at trying to get a little bit more into this or going and staying somewhere that's in the 30 to 50 range then you're going to want to go buy a sleeping bag because it keeps the whole point of a sleeping bag is that you get into it and it almost creates a bubble around your body so the heat can't escape so your body's just heating itself up within that little bubble compared to a blanket where it's either going to go out the bottom even if you wrap yourself in it it's not like sealed in any way Um, so you'll lose a lot of heat And that heat retention is very important um, when it comes to being comfortable and then a survival kind of add in as well. Three big types, summer, three season, and winter. And all that means is warmish, oh, we're starting to get cold, and hooey, it's too cold outside. Boy, am am I I out here. We shouldn't be out here. What are we doing? And then we remember that we're dumb.
0: How did we, Brad get me to go camping during
1: the dead of winter? I'm not sure, but here I am. <laughs> exactly, exactly how it feels. Um. So, same with tents. Think about what you need, what you want to do. Are you someone that gets cold really quick? Because Sean, I'm calling out your wife. Yeah, no, she's that's that's hundred percent fair. <laughs> always cold. It don't matter cold. if it's seventy degrees. She's cold. Yeah. So camping, for her, maybe she needs to get herself a 15-degree sleeping bag for 60 to 50-degree weather because then she will be more comfortable. Yeah. While if it's above 50 degrees, I'm using my 50-degree sleeping bag that basically looks like a really light hoodie (laughs) because that's all I need. And then I move down, and once it gets cold than that, I move into my 20 degree. And most of the time, unless it's below 30, my 20 degree is open because I'm hot and sweating. Right. And then unless it's below zero, I'm not touching my big sleeping bag ever. Right. And most of the time, when I use my big sleeping bag, I have it open like a blanket when I'm laying on the ground because – it's just more comfortable for me because I don't get that cold that quick. So yeah. just personal preference. Yep. Yeah. from
0: From here with some of the essential stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak from the perspective of the more casual audience. Is having a Gary Coleman stove, right? You need to be you need to have a way to cook your food, and also with that, having some sort of camping utensils and camping camping pots to go with that. So stuff that you can break down, stuff that has like these retractable handles, while not necessary, are very nice. In addition to that, you're also going to want to look into some sort of camping chairs. So you can get your get your booty off the ground. Yes.
1: Cause a log is always nice. But a log on day four is not so nice.
0: Yeah, and a lot of those logs that you see out in the woods, they've they've been there, they've been felled for who knows how many years, right? And if you just peek underneath them, you might find something you don't like. <laughs> so not, not really a super great long-term thing, unless it's like a super pristine, carved-out campsite
1: log. Yep. Headlamps, flashlights. That's something that a lot of people don't think about. You still need to be able to light everything up um, once yeah. it gets dark. And that's not even just for comfort, it's safety. Because when you're walking around the fire, walking around your campsite, um, you may not see that rock and you do not want to get yourself hurt. So even bringing that simple flashlight that you have stored away that's a dollar or two is better than nothing.
0: Yeah, also with that, because everyone's going to be bringing their phones, consider bringing a a backup external battery charger. So then if you're going out, if you're kind of, What would be a good idea, I would say, is keep that battery charger and the wire in your pocket. So if you're out at night having to use your cell phone flashlight for a prolonged period of time, you won't get put into a situation where you're in pitch black trying to find your way back to the campsite if for some reason you went off a little too far.
1: Yeah, that's a great call, Sean. Great call. I'm going to dive a little bit into the cooking aspect. You don't need to go out and buy all the things, like Sean said, um, but they are nice. But you can also grab a frying pan from your mom, take it, bring it with you. Um, but I would make sure that it's not a nice one. Make <laughs> yeah, sure it's, it's dirty. pretty beat up because it's going to, you're going to probably drop it in the dirt. Or you're going to forget um, to bring a spatula and you're going to have to use a fork. And that'll scratch it up a little bit. Um, so a, I guess, cheaper way to do it, run to a Goodwill buy yourself a used pot and pan yep. and then you can call them your camping pot and pan. So then every you time you go, go, you put your spatula and your forks and your everything else in that pot and it never leaves ever. Yeah. You don't touch it. And then when you're ready to go camping, pick up your pot, walk it out, sit in the car. And then, you know, your kitchen set up instead of pulling a me this is every time. I'm telling you guys, every time I go camping, when I wasn't in the van, I'd walk around my house for four hours going, what did I forget? What did I forget? <laughs> I didn't forget anything. I think I got it. Get to the campsite. No spatula. Nope. No spatula. It's always a spatula. <laughs> That's for me. It's always the one I forget. So now I have a little cupboard that I had in the van that has a spatula, knives, forks, spoons, all the things, and I don't touch it. So when I'm ready to go camping, I take it out, I put it in the car, and then we're good to go. Yeah, so
0: one thing that I want to go on a little bit of a tangent with is what what not to bring for cooking gear. And I think you and I share the same opinion on this, but at REI, and I bought one of these one of my myself and I, I regret it. But there's these big cast iron like skillet plates that you can bring. Yep. So then it lays on top of both of your stoves, your little Gary Coleman dual stove thing, and those things are not worth it. <laughs> They're so bad. No, and I hate I, using those I, things. I so remember how you you told me to like sell mine because I, I it was mine was still in the package, mm-hmm. and I was just like oh I don't know maybe maybe I'll like it. And like a dingus, I tried to use it a couple times, and each time it was just a pain in the butt the entire time. And you would think it would be good to bring one, though, so you can kind of grill burgers more properly or use the flat side for different things. Just Oh, I hate those big, giant cast-iron skillet things. They're a pain.
1: And if you're going to cook just on the fire, that's a great plan. But only bring that, because you're going to have to find a way to store it, yeah. a way to cover it up because the reason I really hated mine is I cooked one time and it was great because I cooked pancakes and bacon and it was perfect. And then the next trip um, I was cooking for four people instead of myself.
0: Yeah. During my bachelor camping. Yep. Caping and that was, that was when I was
1: ready to throw that thing away. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> Because I cooked enough bacon for four people and four steaks. And I almost lost my mind. (laughs) You Um, were having a bad time. Because Because you also
0: forgot your spatula.
1: I did. So I used a fork. (laughs) Sad day. Um, But it was so windy that it was kind of losing heat. So it wasn't able to stay warm. Yeah. Like a pan would have, which would have been way more efficient. So then – Every time I try to drain the oil or the grease, it ends up all over the camping stove. And I still have grease from that trip on my camping stove. And I've gone three or four times since then, and it's not going away. So you got to think about it. For me, I'm never going to buy one again, ever. Maybe a cast iron skillet, like an actual pan, um, but those flat... They're terrible. Terrible. Oh.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I still own mine because I, I did end up using it, so I couldn't return it to, to REI. But it's just, it's not something that I personally want to use very often. I just like my Gary Coleman stove more, just yep. using a little propane and the, our little camping pots and pans. To me, that's a better experience than using the skillet.
1: Yes. And um, there are a bunch of different types of stoves. I recommend, and I think Sean's on the same train, for beginners, and I would say even going into intermediate, because I think I am, when I'm devoted to going camping every weekend, I'm moving into that intermediate, um, a little more dedicated to the camping style, is that Coleman stove. That two burner runs off the small propane or can run off a 25 pound if you want to buy the adapter for it, which is the way that I do it. Either way, you should be able to find the best way to cook for you. If you're gonna start going backpacking, they come they have loads of little tiny packable stoves. Jet Boils is a really big brand for that. But none of those are really necessary unless you're looking into moving into non-casual camping.
0: Yeah, the, the jet boil is something that when I decide to upgrade and take a nap next step forward in the camping adventure is to, to go for the jet jet boil. Uh, when I want to get more into backpacking, however, like you said, it's, it's not something that's super necessary.
1: Yeah. I think we've hit all the big, big things when it comes to just getting out there, going camping. You don't have to splurge everybody. You can literally just go, I just want to get out there and I want to, Spend some time outside. And if you're scared of it and you're like, ah, this is a little much, go out to a local park, um, state park, national park, and just go make a meal. So bring all the little bit of accessories to cook with. Go out to a park and cook an afternoon or an evening meal.
0: There you go. That's Pack up,
1: go home. Yeah. You didn't have to sleep out there, but you got used to being outside and enjoying camping. And then maybe the next right. one, you go out there at 4 or 5 and leave at 6 a.m. the next day. Yeah. You don't have to pick – you don't have to be the person who goes, I'm doing an eight-day eight trip, day, my first trip, eight days. Let's go.
0: <laughs> We're going hard. I bought $1,000 worth of gear.
1: Let's go. You don't have to because you're going to learn what you like and what you don't like about camping by going camping.
0: Right. For sure.
1: Because I've started I I still hate that plate, Sean. Why'd you bring it up? I haven't thought about it in a long time. I, I know the plate. <laughs> still is one of those little things that looks like a great idea at REI. It looks like a great plan. But personally, I hate it. When I know there's somebody out there that goes, yeah. I can't camp without this. For and sure. I go it,
0: it could be right great for, you. for you.
1: Great for you. I hate it.
0: <laughs> right also with that is just to kind of start wrapping things up is also how to find where you're going to go because there's a lot of people that says could think well i know there's a lot of state parks but i don't know where exactly are how to get there what what the rules are so if you're going to a state park or a federal national park uh you can go to recreation.gov and you can see all the different camping sites in your area if there's any fees and all the different rules there and also with that for the non uh, state parks and federal parks. You can get into different type of apps. Um, Brad's a big fan of the free camping app. I don't, I don't remember yes. what it's called.
1: So it's free campsites. Yeah. Um, you can either free net or they have an app, right? Um, I use them a lot. And then there's also overnight parking, mm. simple name. Um, Good old van but life. they give you, yes, that's a little more van lifey, but it also helps because sometimes they put campsites on there that are way off in the middle of nowhere that are free. Yeah. So you can go a little bit diving into that. REI also has a national parks app.
0: Yep. It's always worth too.
1: getting. Um, diving into that.
0: Yep. And also to kind of circle back to what you're saying for people's first time experiences, there's an app called Hip Camp. You can find that on the App Store, and this is more for your glamping experience and also for like cabins. And so if you're not really sure how you're going to think about it, maybe that'd be a good place to start for for you. Um, and this is more like the the air the Airbnb of camping is what Hip Camp is, and also an app that I use when I'm when Brad and I are trying to find a camping spot. I like an app called the dirt and that's d y r t and this one includes free camping spots state parks koas just a whole bunch of stuff and it also you know tells you all the rules and regulations and stuff and i would say the only other tidbit thing i have is to reserve your spots especially for places that are around beautiful areas um the one that comes to my mind is maroon bells near aspen Yes. And that one, you usually have to schedule out three to six months out. So if you're going to one of those really beautiful places, plan your camping trip way in advance, at least for reserving a spot.
1: And you can always do this too with Maroon Bells. That's pretty close to where I used to live. Um, So I've camped there several times, but I haven't camped at Maroon Bells specifically because of that. It takes right. six months to get a reservation to cost... 40 bucks a night to stay on a piece of dirt when look at your surrounding areas. So you're like, okay, I want to visit Marin Bells tomorrow. Okay. Well, what is within 30 minutes of that? Right. And you may be able to find yourself some free camping for sure. And there's one other website camp, a diem. So camp, E N D I U M. um, That has basically all free camping. Nice. Um, there are a couple things on there that they uh, put in there with national parks and that type of thing. But that is definitely one to look at because they'll have things that are truly, truly free camping instead of trying to go. Which for some people, the price of going and staying at a campsite is what kind of puts them off. Why do I have to pay to be out in the wilderness? Right. Well, you don't have to. If you take the effort to search and do a little bit more research to find yeah. highly rated places that are good to go.
0: Yeah. And all of all of these different places, what do we all list? Camp, The Dirt, Recreation.gov, uh, Camppedia, Free Parking Spots. Campadium. Yeah. Uh,
1: FreeCampsites.net. Yeah. D-
0: so, yeah, we'll put all of these down in the show notes below so you guys can check yes. those out. So you can figure those out a little bit easier on your own. And yeah, any any final thoughts, Brad?
1: I would say send it. Truly, 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 I love being outside. I love camping. That's one reason mountain biking is one of my favorite activities, because you get the chance to just go out and be. So if you're scared of it, go out for an afternoon. Start going hiking. And if you're scared to actually spend the night somewhere, reach out to your local state park or one of the national parks in your state and go okay i know this is going to sound weird but i'm scared of camping but i want to try it yeah and then reach out to them and those rangers are incredible because um, they're just like us they just want to go outside
0: yeah i would say rangers kind of sometimes have a misconception of being the the wilderness police, you know, the, 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 the smoky, the bear police. And really they are a really super great resource about learning everything from hiking to what rocks are in the area, what trees are in the area, what tips that they can have. And also if there's any supplies that they can help you with, they, they want you to have a good time and you know, they, they want to be able to help you out.
1: Is there any extra little things you got?
0: As far as camping, though, no, I mean, I have the normal cleanup stuff for The pod updates, but for camping, no, I don't, I don't, I I think we covered a pretty good array of stuff.
1: Go ahead and send it, Sean.
0: Sweet. Yeah. So, uh, follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at release the ADV. And along with that, we're still running our hashtag giveaway. Uh, so look out for that. All you have to do is screenshot a subscription or a follow to the podcast release the adventure, obviously, and just tweet that at us. And so, why why Twitter? It's so we know how to get into contact with you, and then we can properly send that Amazon gift card to you. Also, with that, Brad and his fancy three thousand dollar camera, we're slowly getting the Instagram going, and you can find us at yes. Release the Adventure yes. on Instagram. So, a couple of cool things. And lastly, just with that, I appreciate you guys all listening. From our analytics, it looks like we're at a little over 300 listens now, so that's really good, especially just yes, from for sure. a couple of guys that, well, quite frankly, we're just a couple of guys. We don't have any prior following. You know, it's not like we have a YouTube channel or are part of a big, big, big brand. We're just, just a couple of regular guys, so this is pretty much as grassroots as it, as it can be, and I appreciate your guys' support and your listens, and yeah, it's, it's just been a humbling process, and...
1: A lot of fun, too. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, Sean. It's been awesome to get to be part of this, because this is your baby. This is your <laughs> brainchild. And I was like, you know, that sounds kind of fun. And now that we've gotten into it and we're on, I don't even know, episode four? four? Uh, this
0: is episode five. This is episode five? four for you and I. Ah. But, um, yeah, this okay. is episode five now, because I, d- I did
1: the, the solo okay. ride. Your solo ride. yeah, yeah. So episode five of this channel, and I'm just, ex- I'm just hyped because um, there's not a lot of time that I get to talk about my passions yeah. during this pandemic of crapola is we have to sit here we don't get to talk to people as much. We don't get to socialize. Sure. And I love being able to sit down, talk with you, talk with our peoples about just going outside. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you do outside as long as you're outside. Yeah, for sure.
0: Couple more thoughts. So, number 1, we would eventually like to make this sound at the beginning and the ends and maybe sort of towards the intermission a little bit more professional. So by that, I mean kind of an intro theme song. So to any of our musically inclined artists out there, if you can if if you're interested and you want to help us out, if you want to send us some sort of kind of indie folky kind of upbeat song that is yours of course we would love to feature it on on the podcast for kind of kind of a theme song oh yeah super cool and then obviously you know we would put your soundcloud in the show notes and uh whatever else you want to make sure people know where to find your other music and also with that i would also like to get into eventually getting into interviewing people uh whether you're a mountain biker, a camper, a hardcore 15-day backpacker. If you're an environmental advocate, I would like to interview you eventually, and I'm sure Brad would too. I think that will provide some really good conversation. So if you're someone who wants to be on the pod, reach out to us. We'd we'd love to hear your story, and we want to hear your your adventures. We want to hear your guys' passions.
1: Yes, absolutely. And with that, we're... Release the adventure! And this was Brandon Sean in the evening. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time.